African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here for a new week of African Dialogue. Can you believe it's we're in the third month of uh, 2017? Definitely this year is speeding through. Thank you for giving us your time right here on Channel Africa. You're listening to African Dialogue right now with me, Benjamin Moshatama. Remember, we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Channel 802 on the audio book, www.channelafrica.co.za is where you can listen to us as well. Well, today we're going to be asking the question, uh, does Africa have a leadership, a vacuum? And uh, uh, we're looking at uh, the Mo Ibrahim Foundation this year, uh, which actually announced that uh, it will not be giving its prize for the Ibrahim Prize for the achievement in um, African leadership. The foundation highlighted that previous candidates since the prize had actually been launched had set the bar very high. So we're going to be looking Looking and asking at the question, uh, does Africa actually have a leadership vacuum? We'll answer that question after this quick break. Change your game. Your game. Be the voice of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs, educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays. 1000 hours to 10:45 a.m. Central African time and on Saturdays 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African time Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Thank you for joining us as we service uh, the continent uh, together here on our station on uh, Channel Africa. Remember, you're listening to African Dialogue from Monday to Thursday. We bring you the biggest topics that are taking place on the continent of Africa. And uh, remember uh, that uh, you can interact with us via our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1. That's the numeric one, at Channel Africa 1. Or you can engage with us at African Dialogue. That's another uh, Twitter handle you can uh, uh, really engage with us. We're asking the question, and you can, uh, uh, in a few minutes, give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle. We're asking the question, does Africa have a leadership vacuum? We're asking because uh, the Mo Ibrahim Foundation uh, Prize, which is a 5 million Ibrahim Prize for achievement in African leadership for 2016, seems to be a very exclusive uh, uh, real uh, 
award because um, it's very much a very elusive most of the time to actually win and this year was another year where the 2016 award was not actually awarded to any of the heads of state on the continent uh, the foundation highlighted that previous candidates had actually set the prize very high and they've set a high bar uh, since being launched in 2006 it's only been one uh, uh, four times the previous laureates are president Tifi Kepunye Pohamba of Namibia, President Pedro Pires of uh, Cap Verde, and President Festos Ngao of, uh, uh, of uh, Botswana. And also we've got President Jekem Chisano of Mozambique. Nelson Mandela was another one who won this honorary laureate in 2007. Well, we're not going to look specifically at this award, but just look at the topic. Are we actually suffering from a leadership vacuum on the continent? I've got uh, the privilege to speak to Professor Shadrick Guto this morning, who is a professor and editor at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies. Uh, professor, thank you for giving us your time. Professor Guto, are you there with me? Hello. Professor, can you hear me clearly? I can hear you clearly. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you very clearly. Thank you so much, Professor. It's good to be speaking to you this morning. Now, I know that we can't really look at the criteria of uh, this uh, particular award itself because uh, the Mo Ibrahim Foundation could not really get into our program today. But looking at uh, political leadership on the continent right now, we've got a long history of that on the continent, especially looking at decolonization, looking at also uh, the post uh, 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 colonial area and also looking at contemporary politics today. What are your thoughts right now as an expert over the years looking at the African Renaissance, looking at African politics on African leadership currently? Well, I think it is important for us not to say we don't look at the criteria. It is important to look at the criteria in order to determine why uh, there are so few uh, former leaders who have won this particular award. Um, and I think part of the criteria is that there must be a leader who actually serves the term of office they are supposed to serve according to the constitution of the country. Secondly, it is one where the leader after serving the term, uh, vacates the office and doesn't try to manipulate the laws, the constitution, and so on to remain in office or to use other methods to extend their term in office. Thirdly, it is one where you really look at, did the leader really advance economic progress of the country? because more Ibrahim Foundation is really uh, a foundation for one of the most successful African billionaires in the world who has been able to make a lot of money but is trying to give it back to encourage good governance on the continent. So we can't say... Let us not go to the criteria. We must look at that criteria and then be able to measure whether or not they are leaders who have satisfied that or not. And uh, 
the fact that there hasn't been any leader winning the award in the last few years does indicate that those who are on the panel to be able to measure uh, leaders on based on the criteria found that there was none who met uh, uh, or passed the mm, test. Mm, mm. And I think that's very, very important for us to do. So that is what we are really dealing with when we talk about more Ibrahim Foundation Award mm. for leadership, good leadership in Africa. And I think that, in my view, we have had two phases of uh, leadership in Africa. We have had those who are leading in the period mm. of liberation mm. uh, struggles, and they were very good leaders. It keeps on coming back, and we keep asking this question, does Africa have a leadership question, a vacuum that we need to deal with? Uh, well, give us your thoughts. Remember, you can go to our Twitter handle, at Channel Africa One, and give us your personal views on that particular question. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
Well, give us your thoughts on uh, the question we're asking today. Do you think that there is um, a vacuum of leadership on the continent? Give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle, at Channel Africa One. That's at Channel Africa One. We want to hear your thoughts on that uh, question itself. Uh, uh, today we're joined by uh, Professor Shadrach Guto, who set the tone for us. He's the professor and editor at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies. Also now joining us, we've got Dr. Veristo Benyera, who's a lecturer at the Department of Political Sciences at the University of uh, South Africa. Uh, Dr. Benyera, am I clear enough for you? Can you hear me there? Yes, I'm hearing you loud and clear and greetings to the listeners to my to my colleague at UNISA, Professor Guto, as well. Fantastic. Now, let's look at this question that we're asking, um, leadership on the continent. There are many dynamics and factors that were brought in by Professor Shedrick Guto, uh, talking about also uh, uh, this culture of uh, plundering, uh, the culture of that we've seen lately of uh, the, the modern uh, leadership on, on, on the continent. There's a lot of phases that we've seen of different forms of leadership on, on the continent. What, what, what are your thoughts? around it, Dr. Benyera? Thank you very much, and um, once again, my apologies if I'm going to repeat something that has already been raised by Professor Guto. Well, if you my, do repeat it, it'll only be an emphasis. <laughs> thank you very much. My, my entry point into this whole discussion would be by defining what we mean by political leadership in Africa. Sure. I will begin by saying, to me, political leadership, number one, are those orthodox party-based politicians, the presidents, the national secretaries, mm, mm. people whose power comes from the political parties that they lead. Secondly, I, I will also say that religious leaders in Africa play an important political role. Mm. We know of areas such as North Africa in Somalia where politics and religion are so married together that the religious leaders also play a very important and leading political role. Number three, there are some cases where traditional authorities play a very important political leadership, the case of South Africa. Number four, opinion makers and influential personalities, mm. willingly or unwillingly, mm. they are political leaders because what they say and do influences the people. And finally, business people, one way or the other, they have that gravitas that gives them mm the role of leaders in the political sphere in Africa. Let me then proceed to talk about the status of political leadership in Africa. I am convinced that the political leadership in Africa is partisan. I can also state that the political leadership in Africa is unaccountable. By this I mean the political leadership in Africa is not accountable to the people. They have got multiple allegiances. If we've got a politician today and we try to dissect and unpack their allegiances, we will notice that their allegiance to the political party, their allegiance to the faction, mm. some are allegiance to the tribe or to the ethnic group, mm. some are allegiance to the religion or to the religious sect, some are even more allegiance to historical ties than to the people that they are supposed to be serving. This explains the utterances over the weekend by Social Development Minister here in South Africa, Bata Pilet Lamini, when she said that I am not accountable to nobody but the president. This mm -hmm. is the culture that I am alluding to. Mm -hmm. I will also characterize the status of political leadership in Africa as a captured leadership. They are not free to save the people. They are captured by various interests 
and allegiances, some of which I have alluded to mm. uh, earlier on. And then finally, go, go ahead, uh, Dr. Penera. The leadership in Africa operates in what I term a decolonial environment. This is an environment in which colonialism officially ended, yet we continue to experience the same asymmetrical relationship with our former colonizers. So while Mm -hmm. colonialism officially ended with decolonization, the colonial project did not end. What it simply did is that it mutated into another form Mm. so that we can now not blame apartheid or colonialism because it is officially over yet in actual fact the same still persists this explains in my view the status of political leadership in africa well thank you for that very much uh very elaborate answer there. We really appreciate it, Dr. Benyera. And I want to come back to you, Professor Shadrach Guto, because uh, Dr. Benyera has highlighted various uh, pointers there. But one that seems to be sticking out for me is the chasm between the service to the people because the political strife of uh, uh, the former uh, liberators of the continent were the mantra of service to the people. That was almost the new language that we saw in the program of decolonization. But it seems like that language has actually changed over time in our uh, African politics. Uh, uh, Professor Kuto? Yes. um, Thank you very much, my colleague at UNESA. University of South Africa for uh, really bringing, breaking down what I was trying to say. And I believe that what we are dealing with is a situation where if we put it in a gender and class context, is that there was a struggle for liberation of the continent from colonialists. Uh, We were united in doing that. After that, when we gained independence, there was opportunities now for the leaders to begin to accumulate wealth. And class and class formation uh, grew very fast among the African people. There are those who climbed up using the state power to be able to accumulate wealth and so on, corruption, money laundering, uh, repression of the people, and so on. And uh, I think that that is another phase we went through. We are now at a stage where citizens are beginning to say, we are not going to take this anymore. We are going to resist it. And uh, in other words, the lower classes are beginning to say we have had enough of oppression of the upper class using political power to be where they are at the moment. And they're stealing everywhere and keeping some of our money outside of Africa. And I think there was a a report which was presented by a a panel which was set up with the African Union and uh, Commission and the Economic Commission for Africa, led by 
former president, Tabombeki, where I said money which is going out of Africa is more than money coming inside Africa. Mm. And they are going out basically uh, illegally. So that report, which is titled Track It, Stop It, Get It, Illicit Financial Flows from Africa, it was only dealing with one side, the illegal side, but then the legal side of exploitation of Africa mm-hmm. by the rest of the world. I think that we need to really look at mm-hmm. that. And indeed, uh, it is true, as my colleague at UNIS has already indicated, that uh, to begin to look at ourselves in the mirror, and uh, we will see ourselves being very ugly mm. looking at ourselves in the mirror. We will look into the mirror and see where our problems are and uh, don't run away from the mirror or smash the mirror. Mm. Look at it. See the problem. Begin to deal with it. I think we need a new revolution on this continent. And those of us who are old, uh, my brother from UNISA <laughs> is a young man. I'm very old, but I'm an elder. And as an elder, I'm saying my generation has led Africa badly. And we hope that those in his generation and those coming behind him, that is the, our children, grandchildren, mm-hmm. great-grandchildren, must rise up to make Africa right again. That is what Africa Renaissance is about. Africa Renaissance is not just about saying, oh, let us be colonized, but how do you do it? Mm, mm, mm. When those of us who are elders, who are there at the time of liberation of Africa, has really not done a good job, how can they improve it? Mm. Let, me, let me bring this back to Dr. Evaristo Benyera, because I'm interested in uh, some of that transformation, that change that we saw in, in the leadership as, as you both have highlighted, especially uh, the issue of, uh, you know, the, what you've highlighted there, um, Dr. Benyera, uh, the language of service to the people. It seems like the, the language of the politician has, has changed over time. And it's, it's very, discon- very concerning uh, to see that language change where it used to be about politics, about the people, service to the people, where it's almost like what you highlight. Highlighting, I'm serving my tribe, I'm serving my faction, I'm serving my political affiliation. Uh, the times have changed, haven't they, Dr. Benyera? They have changed, and it is actually very sad. Because if we look at the caliber and the spirit of the liberation movement, the liberation movement did a great job in order to politically liberate Africa from colonialism. However, that was not the end of the project, because... The politics was one bit. There is also the economic part and the financial part and many other parts. And by the way, including the decolonization of knowledge of what we think, what we learn, and how we do the way that we do. Mm. So the politicians of the liberation movement were great in what they did. However, 
the mistake was made when they then continued to rule the post-independent state. In my view, these political party leaders were not competent at ruling post-colonial states. Their competencies lay in liberating the countries. Now, when the mistake was made and then they crossed into this realm, give a country between 20 and 30 years under the leadership of a political movement which liberated that country, what then emerges is what we saw in Zimbabwe, what we saw in Malawi under Kamuzu Banda, what we briefly saw in Zambia under Kenneth Kaunda, which was then quickly reversed. And my worry is that if South Africa is going to continue with the same political movement which liberated us from apartheid 20, 30 years, then we begin to see more of the language that we are getting from the likes of Social Development Minister Butterfield at Lamini. By the way, what we are witnessing is an invasion, is an invasion of responsibilities where a state president is supposed to be in the number one civil servant. The ministers are supposed to be serving the people. Yet what we see is that the ministers are actually our chefs. We actually salute them instead of them being at our service. For me, there is a huge problem that is slowly creeping into our polity. And if this mm, continues mm, at this rate, we are surely not going to enjoy the fruits of the aid of apartheid because our people will be worse off. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back to that. And it's actually sad that we're having a conversation a bit uh, on the downside on a day like this because we all know that today is Ghana's Independence Day. And when you think of Ghana, the first leader that comes to your mind is Kwame Nkrumah, who is one of those outstanding leaders who fought that anti-colonial struggle for independence from Britain. So we'll come back and look at those particular dynamics. I'm also interested in hearing Professor Guto's view on coloniality, which is now an, an issue that is delved into by Dr. Evaristo Abanera. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. I'll remind you, yes, we are the voice of the African Renaissance telling that African story. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. I say it sometimes on the show that every day from Monday to Thursday, I get the opportunity to speak to experts that in normal life I would never come across and I never meet. And as a journalist, sometimes you get into worlds that you're not allowed into sometimes and you get to actually speak to people that you wouldn't be allowed to speak to on a normal day or get into lecture rooms that uh, maybe my qualification, <laughs> my metric certificate would not get into. Definitely not. So it's great to be speaking 
speaking to Dr. Evaristo Benyera, who is the lecturer at the Department of Political Sciences, and Professor Shedrick Guto, who is the professor and editor at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies, which is also a part of UNISA. Professor Shedrick Guto, you, you highlighted a lot of things also when you spoke, and, uh, and I w- I'd like to just mix things up between the, the sentiments that are made by you and the sentiments that are made by um, uh, Dr. Benyera. And the fact that in, in the current space that we find ourselves in, in the politics, not just in South Africa, but in countries such as the Gambia, in countries such as the Nigeria, and the youth population is starting to take shape and actually lead the agenda of the political conversation. And um, you highlighted that you'd like to see uh, from that conversation uh, young people and the later generation actually uh, taking charge. Professor Guto, I want to bring this concept to you and maybe this question to you is what are your thoughts around how the young people have actually taken this conversation of decolonization not only within institutions uh, of education but uh, also we've seen that in the political space when you look at uh, uh, the Gambia we saw there was a huge footprint of young people actually speaking against the continuance of uh, the former president of the country there so there is a youth population that's starting to voice out their satisfaction? Well, uh, let me start by saying that um, it's very important for the young people, and by young people I mean people from around 50 to one year old or one month old, because I'm an elder. Mm-hmm. And from that point of view, I would like to say they must wake up and say those who are there before, whether they were Kwame Nkrumah, Nelson Mandela, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, so on and so forth, they did their bit and they were at a period in history where the challenge was how to remove the colonial governorship or leadership of the countries that they had chopped into pieces and so on. So it was a beginning of building countries in Africa, building states in Africa and so on. They did that. Uh, and they did it well, of course. Immediately after that, you had those who took power through military coups and so on and so forth and started damaging the countries. Samara Michelle uh, gave a speech which was very important, enemy of the people. In other words, the people who liberated the country started becoming enemies of the very people that they were supposed to liberate. And I think it's very important for us to go back and look at that. But as we are now, in South Africa now, you have leaders who continuously talk about Nelson Mandela, Oliver Tambo, when they are in trouble, mm, mm. because they are stealing from the people, mm. they are oppressing the people, and when that is, they are doing that, they want to use the name of those who actually did participate in liberation of the countries. And 
we need to go beyond that and say, where do we go from here? Mm. And where we go from here, I think, is we need young people or younger people, and as I already say, not very young, uh, I'm saying up to the age of 50 or 55 or 60, I mm. call them young because mm. I'm older than them, mm. is able to say, let us wake up and move forward. Moving forward doesn't mean that you have to be in one basket. You can in, be in very many baskets. And at the moment, people say, if I belong to this party, the other party is not pushing for progress of the No. All the political parties at the moment are trying to move the country forward. The question is, if you are the party that wins elections, mm. how do you relate with the other parties to build the country and push it forward mm. so that the country can move? Not that we are not saying be a one-party state, mm. but all I want to say if you become people who are patriotic, love the country, love the people, love Africa, and you want to move Africa to be in the forefront of world powers, not to be in the background receiving so-called donors, plants, mm. uh, mm. and so on and so forth, they take more from us than we get from them. Mm. How do we change that? Mm. Well, let, let me... And to sure. me, this is where Africa needs to go. Mm, let me take it to you, um, Dr. Benyera. Your thoughts around uh, uh, pa- the, the, the youth participation in, in this conversation because we're starting to see that youth demographic, I always say it on the program, actually being very much uh, leading the way slowly but surely in political conversations and uh, the elders can't really run away from uh, uh, the youth dynamic on, on the continent and we're seeing that accountability being something that they want, especially on, on African leaders. Thank you very much for that very important question. I would premise my response on, again, a decolonial perspective. There is an urgent need for Africa to decolonize itself. And one of the pillars where young people are very active is the sphere of decolonizing knowledge and knowledge systems. However, that must not be done alone. There are other very important spheres which also need decolonization. Mm. There is something called coloniality of power, where we've got something called the United Nations Security Council with only five members with veto powers who can literally veto any resolution, no matter how well-meaning it is. Mm. I can go on for the whole day giving you examples of how coloniality of power is ravaging Africa. Resolution, was it 1973, the one that... um, uh, uh, impose the no-fly zone by NATO over Libya. Again, we can Mm. see how coloniality still continues, notwithstanding the fact that the African Union had requested for sequencing, which is a political process of giving way to mediation and diplomacy and not putting war and bombing as the first option, as was the case in Libya. So that is one aspect, coloniality of power. Then there is coloniality of being, which I want to tie to coloniality of knowledge. Mm, mm. Coloniality of being is that 
which is in us that forces us to reject the Africa that loves us mm. and loves the Euro North America that rejects us. Mm. That is coloniality of being. When as I am talking to you, I am 90% English and 10% Shona. <laughs> if you look at me as a vendor man, as a Kikuyu person, if you look at me as a Luo, how much in me is a Luo and how much in me is English and foreign? True. It is very scary that as our young people are agitating for decolonized knowledge, do they really know what constitutes decolonial knowledge? Mm. Do they really recognize how much they are deep into coloniality of being? Mm. Because if you are rebuking your own child for speaking your local language, which is a vendor, in a shopping mall because they embarrass you, that to me is clear evidence that there is a serious problem of coloniality of being. We need to be African. Let me just read a small piece of you here. This was Oliver Tambo addressing a Freli Morali. Mm. Freli Morali mm. in Mozambique. Mozambique, yes. At a place that is called Bairo de Liberdade in Maputo on 14 February 1982. Mm. Oliver Tambo said, we are one people today. This means we are recapturing our glorious past. We were one people. History put us together on this continent for time immemorial. We evolved together, shared common African culture, traded with one another, and dealt with each other as human beings. Mm. Whether in times of war or in times of peace, whether in circumstances of hunger or in conditions of plenty. Then came the colonialists. Despite the heroic resistance of our forebearers, mm. from the Cape of Good Hope to the north of Africa, the colonialists succeeded to transform us from a free people into a subject people. They became our masters and made us respond to their command with a yes but This is exactly mm. what describes the condition of Africa today. And for young people to fight for decolonization, mm. especially decolonized education, they must first realize the magnitude of the crisis. I cannot articulate my own problems in somebody else's language. Mm. What's wrong with my language? I mm. don't dream in English. Mm. I dream in Shona. Mm. What is stopping us as Africa from moving towards a common language? Whether mm. it is Swahili, whether it is Yoruba, whether it is Zulu, mm. or a mixture of all those ways to come up with one common language. Mm. What is wrong with that? What is stopping us from coming up with our own currency, with our own army? In other words, the ideas of Pan-Africanism, mm. Pan-Africanism as championed by Kwame Nkrumah, are being defeated by ideas of nationalists, where mm. our current leadership only go for national issues. They think the problem with Africa is a national issue. Mm. They think the problem with their countries is a national issue. Yet the problem with Africa is not nationalistic, but it is continental. As mm. long as we look at it from a localized perspective, we will continue to sink deeper into this world. And the onus is on young people, and I will insist mm. on first realizing the magnitude of the crisis before they go on to rushed decisions. Because the moment that you take rushed actions, mm. you are making the enemy clever. And then the enemy will transform and enter you. You think you are speaking decolonial, mm. but you are actually perpetuating coloniality. 
Well, this way we're going to leave it, and I think that's a perfect way to leave it. Thank you both to our guests. It's been a fantastic, reflective conversation. That's what it is. I don't think I've ever had something so reflective conversation this year, and this has been one of the big ones for the year, I have to say. Thank you to Dr. Evaristo Benera, who is a lecturer at the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa. Thank you to Professor Shadrick Guto, who's also from UNISA, professor and editor at the Institute of African Renaissance Studies. Thank you both uh, for giving us your wisdom. It's just been a fantastic conversation. I wish we could carry on, but I hope that maybe we can start a series on this, maybe a few chapters, and maybe we could do something on this. I think it's very important for us to be aware of these conditions. Thank you both for being our guests. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, it takes us to 11.45 Central African time. Very interesting conversation, wasn't that? Give us your thoughts on that. Remember, you can SMS us on info at, uh, or rather email us at info at channelafrica.org. That's our email address, info at channelafrica.org. Or SMS us your thoughts on plus 27796957930. Well, thank you for being part of our Channel Africa family. You can do that practically online. You can go to Facebook and uh, go to our fam- f- uh, page. Uh, sorry go to our channel africa facebook and you can be part of the family there or you can go to our twitter handle at channel africa one that's the number one at channel africa one or at african dialogue well it's been a great conversation uh, just a reminder that uh, we'll be broadcasting from uh, port elizabeth in the two days time and uh, we'll be broadcasting the africa for africa woman conference there which is bringing ministers and African government leaders from all over the continent together to discuss women leadership. So that will be in the next two days where we will be broadcasting from uh, looking at uh, women leadership in governance. That's such an important part of uh, our African development, isn't it? But until next time, God bless. Let's end it up with uh, uh, God Bless Africa by Mzwakembuli. Babu, si si yo ba mnenengo, kubaba ya kutaipa lo mshaba. Babu, si si yo ba la melewa malo kulunga. 